Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And yeah, my voice cracked, so sue me. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. What's going on, Gambo? Burnsy, what's going I on? Saw somewhere, somewhere in my reading glasses, right? Yeah, and I can't, I can't make out things like far away when I'm wearing my reading glasses. But mm-hmm. when my voice cracked a little bit, oh, you better believe I saw Eric Ruby's beady little eyes kind of pop up from his computer screen there. And the yeah, my voice cracked a little bit. I, I look, man, one of the constants in my life is straight up two o'clock. Sorry. So when it's when it's different, you when know. it's changed, it, it brings it along. Yeah. Honestly, I, I hear from not a lot of people. I don't want to make it sound like it's that big of a deal. I hear from a few people who say that they really look forward to the straight up two o'clock thing. Sometimes the pressure of delivering. You know, it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. right? Like when, when you yell and scream or when Wolf used to do the Pantera call out thing, right? Like you got to nail that every single time. If people are expecting that, waiting that, listening for, for me, that. it's the rant, right? When something really bad happens, like you better have a rant on this today. I'm like, I only have a couple of, I only have three of those in me each year. That number's you know, gone down exponentially, by the way, I think for you. Has it gone down? Oh, yeah. I think the the suns aren't, you know, bad anymore. The number of true gambo blood pressure. Beep, beep, beep. It's at least two to three every year. Yeah, I think it used to be five to six. Five to six, yeah. I think it used to, and it's just slowly gone. Yeah, well, yeah, the teams, you know, the suns weren't, they're five years of not winning any damn basketball games. That was a. That that would do it. Yeah. Yeah. That that Mm. would do it. So, yeah, uh, apologize for the voice. I think it might be the cold weather or something that's getting me a little bit, but we'll be all right. It was cold today. Like it's freezing. Man. It's freezing. I know. This is Arizona. We're not, yeah. what was it, like 30 degrees when we woke up? No, 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 I no, no, I go to my no, workout no. class, like, okay, you got to run outside to start. Like, run outside? But it's cold out. <laughs> yeah. Can I no. run on your treadmill first? No, thank you. No, thank you. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. We're weighing in on the Cardinals coaching search. Here we go. Continues to take twists and turns. The latest twist and the latest turn is that Dan Quinn apparently did so well in his hour-long Zoom interview the first time around. Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, has been recalled for a second face-to-face in-person interview tonight, I believe, with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, listen, I'm all for it. I mean, it's a good name it's a good I would be a good hire I um I you know I definitely don't want to give up the draft picks for Sean Payton and we'll talk about Sean Payton later because there may not be any options for him but this is a good name there's a lot of good names right but this is a guy with prior head coaching experience he was successful he took a team to a Super Bowl the only thing I would just beg and I would just beg for you listen you know, memo to Dan Quinn, if you get this job, do not bring Dirk Cutter with you. Don't bring Dirk Cutter with you. Can't stand that guy. That's it. He was his offensive coordinator for a couple of years. Like oh, the, I forgot all about oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He had Kyle Shanahan. The year they went to the Super Bowl, he had Kyle Shanahan. But then, obviously, Shanahan, you know, got the job with the 49ers. And then he went Steve Sarkeesian. And then, I mean, or Cutter, you know, Cutter and then Sarkeesian. So, um, those were his coordinators. His coordinators in Atlanta were Shanahan, Sarkeesian, and Cutter. Um, so I would just beg him, don't bring Dirk Cutter here. We don't. We don't want him. We don't want him back in Arizona. Uh, but you're going to have to if you if you hire. 
Dan Quinn, you're going to have to hire a quality offensive coordinator. Could you get Frank Reich to come in as the OC? That would be fantastic. This Eagles quarterback coach is a is a hot commodity. Could mm-hmm. you bring him in to be the OC? You know, and I like the degree of separation, not having an offensive guy. Because then I think you can hold Kyler more accountable if it's a defensive guy. Because then there's one degree of separation between the head coach and the quarterback. And that's your offensive coordinator. So I do really do lean towards a defensive guy. Quinn's a good name. He's a solid name. He's done a good job as a, as a coordinator. He was great in Seattle. Um, he had success in Atlanta as a head coach. Obviously that team won the Super Bowl and his def- then they fell apart because they stopped running the football and lost to the Patriots in a, in a terrible collapse. But it, it's a, it's a good solid name. If the Cardinals hire him, I got no problem with that. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it either. There, there's, it, it's gotten to the point where this is the strangest job search cycle I can remember in recent memory just because there aren't that many teams. There's only five teams. So because there's not high demand, you can kind of be picky and choosy if you want, if you're the Cardinals. For example, you liked Brian Flores. You brought him in. I don't know for sure whether they did. We haven't heard anything about it. Let's just say hypothetically. You liked Brian Flores. You know you're probably the only team that's going to hire him based off of the current interview. So you kind of have him in your back pocket a little Mm -hmm. bit. And that gives you the freedom to wait for Sean Payton on Thursday to bring in Dan Quinn for a second interview because there doesn't I, I mean look you you said the same thing yesterday how many guys have the Colts interviewed 13. How, many guys, how many guys have the Panthers interviewed right I, I mean there's no one's bit yet nobody's made that move nobody it's the old junior high dance analogy nobody's gone to the other side of the gym to ask uh-huh. somebody out on a date I right went to the other side or, of the or gym go to ask quick. somebody out to dance See, we're all mm. just you know the boys on one side the girls on the other everyone's just kind of staring at each other like are we gonna dance or not right like, and that's what's going on with this coaching search right now I like Quinn, too. Great defensive mind. He's got a Super Bowl ring with the Seahawks as their defensive coordinator. He led a team to a conference championship. He led a team to a Super Bowl. He checks a lot, a lot, a lot of boxes. Got to hire a great OC. And and when they were successful, they had Kyle Shanahan as their offensive coordinator. Uh, They were 19-13. They were 19 wins and 13 losses with Shanahan as their offensive coordinator. So second most successful offensive coordinator in Falcons history. They made the playoffs. Um, they won a couple of games in the playoffs. Obviously, they lost the Super Bowl um, with Dan Quinn as the head coach and Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. And then, you know, obviously, Sarkeesian came in for a couple of years. They did make the playoffs once with Sarkeesian, even won a playoff game. And then Cutter came in. And uh, and then that was it. And obviously Quinn got fired uh, and then ended up with Dallas. But he's a he's a quality name. He's uh, He's got Head coaching experience, which you kind of like. There's a few guys that they've hot that they have interviewed that have head coaching experience, big time, and a few that that have not. So I would imagine this is going to come to once you interview a guy a second time. There's usually not a long waiting period before you make a decision on those guys. So once you bring in a guy for a second time, you may bring him in and then interview Peyton. And if you don't feel like you want to do a second interview with Peyton, you just make the hire right here. It does seem I I don't want to say unusually bold. 
but it's bold for the Cardinals, right? Like, I was very surprised when I saw this report. I, I kind of, the Cardinals seem to kind of take their time with this. And for them, it does feel like, not that they're rushing it, but that there is an accelerated timeline to make sure they get Quinn in. Are they worried that the Broncos want him? Are they worried that Sean Payton is just using them as leverage to get more money and that the Payton interview isn't real? Do they feel like Dan Quinn just shot to the top of their list because Dallas got eliminated and now everybody can have a conversation with him? Did he just knock their socks off when he did that hour-long Zoom interview with him over the weekend? I don't know, but i got some sound to play here from you. This is Larry Fitzgerald on the Let's Go podcast. This is on October 25th in which he says Dan Quinn is at the top of his list for coaches that should get another job. He'd be number one, in my opinion. Uh, there's no question about that, you know, what he's done. Obviously, his experience, and he, he did really good in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, had he, you know, run the football a little bit more, he'd have a Super Bowl championship. So I, I don't think it's be much longer until Dan Quinn will be back on the sidelines as a head coach of the National Football League. But I think for him, most importantly, is finding the right situation. You know, you, you don't want to go to a team where you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance to win. You want to be in a place where, you know, you, you have a legitimate shot. And those type of jobs are very difficult to come by because they don't turn over often. Don't underestimate the influence that Larry Fitzgerald has on Michael Bidwell. Don't underestimate Amen that. Amen from the congregation on that, that one. That was no a doubt. very, very close relationship yep. between the two of them. And uh, they were they were friends. And I, I would I would think that Michael would lean on Larry for advice. And if Larry thinks that Dan Quinn is a top candidate, I think that Michael will, you know, lean on Monty Austin for to, you know, to to make sure that they do these interviews with Quinn and make sure. Now, I think the, the GM is going to make the hire, but I think Michael will have some influence, and I also think that Larry has some influence with Michael. Let me play a couple more here. This is Kevin Ray, voice of the Suns on Bally Sports. He's also one of the play-by-play <clears throat> voices for the Dallas Cowboys yeah, long time. on the radio. He's doing, been yeah. doing that for a long time. He thinks Dan Quinn is perfect for the Cardinals. That guy is a terrific coach. His players love him, and I had a chance a couple times now over the last few years to, to talk to him, and it's a guy that I know everybody goes back to that Super Bowl loss, but it's a guy that learns Learned a lot from that loss, uh, became very introspective, and did a lot of self-examination in his year away from the game. So that's just that's just my two cents. Like I said, I'd hate to lose him in Dallas, but man, I think that would be an A-plus pick if you're the Cardinals. Well, one more, and I referenced this yesterday. This is Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football, one of the four hosts of that show. Jerry Jones, in his opinion, should keep Dan Quinn at all costs. Dan Quinn might be the most valuable person in that building right now, and that includes Includes the head coach. I, I think that McCarthy has won 12 games back. He's not going anywhere, and I think he's a great CEO of this thing. But Dan Quinn is the architect of one of the best defenses in the league, and you can lose a Tony Pollard in free agency. You can lose a couple offensive linemen in free agency. If Dan Quinn gets offered one of these other jobs, he's going to make more money. Obviously, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. But if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm walking into Dan Quinn and saying, what will it take to keep you for just one more year as our defensive coordinator? You write the blank check because we're there. We have these guys... We can't lose you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, remember, the Colts have interviewed 742 guys for their head coaching job. Is that what your sources are telling you? 742 742 guys they have interviewed for the coaching job. They've actually interviewed 13 candidates, um, you know, so far. Maybe more, but at least 13. And, you know, look, I don't, like... 
I don't know what they're going to do. Matt Ryan's their quarterback. The guy was Quinn's quarterback in Atlanta. Now they could get rid of Matt Ryan and save like seventeen million dollars if they release him. That's probably what they're going to do. Probably. Now you've heard people talk about the quarterback situation. There is not a you don't have a quarterback with the Colts. Now the Colts are getting a second interview as well uh, for him and the Broncos. So so I think that I think that. In the last 24 to 48 hours, I think Quinn has become the hottest head coaching candidate. I think he's become the guy. Because I think you could look at three teams that are very, very interested in hiring him in the Broncos, the Colts, and the Cardinals. Yeah. So I think he's become the main guy right now. We're less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57 and Bud Light FanDuel. Arizona Sports All wants you to be there in person. Text the word SUPER to 62620. Register. Listen for your name starting February 6th. And you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events as well. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, the Super Bowl experience, all of that. Text the word SUPER to 62620. It's all access. It's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Three names recently have been attached to the Phoenix Suns as potential trade targets. How legit are they? We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here with you on this Tuesday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader, Suns, back in action tonight. Taking on the Charlotte Hornets, a team that made two three-pointers last night. Two. <laughs> yeah. For the whole game. Two. Does that, like, does that even happen anymore in the NBA? They only took 16, but they made two three-pointers. Terry Rozier, which we'll talk about him. That's foreshadowing for you. We'll talk about him in just a moment. It's the fewest by any NBA team this season. Charlotte had 16 attempts beyond the arc against the Utah Jazz. Utah was basically running them off the three-point line after they saw in the first half that they just couldn't shoot from here to there. So they ran them off the three-point line, and they beat them by 18. So Charlotte comes in here on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, Eaton, I guess, was back in the building today. Um, it was upgraded to doubtful for tonight's game. I know you're I think hearing he's back to Thursday, right? By the Dallas game, I expect him to be back. What I'm hearing, it is nothing more than just, he's sick. You know, it's not COVID, but, you know, it is flu season. Yep. And at the Andre, is just, is just sick. So, got to get your energy back and everything. I mean, it was a chance that he could have played tonight. But if he's listed as doubtful, I would expect him back for the Dallas game on Thursday. Okay. So, I, would, I do not think it's going to go any further than Thursday. I think he'll be back if, uh, by, by, at the latest by the Mavericks game. All right, tonight's game starts at 7 here on Arizona Sports. The Terry Rozier uh, little news update there leads right into something I want to read from Mark Stein, formerly of ESPN, formerly of the New York Times, now kind of an independent NBA writer. We've had Mark on a few times. He wrote that Chris Paul is back for Phoenix after missing seven games with a hip injury. He's only played in 27 of the 48 games, having missed 14 games with a heel injury. Here's the important part. Word is that those realities have prompted the Suns to start assessing their post-Paul future and thus identify Charlotte's Terry Rozier, New York's Emmanuel Quickly, and Toronto's Fred Van Vliet as potential trade targets. The latest signals from the Knicks, as I reported on January 14th, indicate quickly will not be made available at the deadline. Rozier, though, is widely perceived to be available. Van Van Vliet's future with Canada's team remains unclear. All right. I... um I hate to say say this because you know I I, I like some of these guys with the, the reports that they have, but mm-hmm. I believe 
social media, one of our listeners actually coined the term gambode. Yeah, they they put a picture of you wearing the schmediest schmedium shirt you possibly could squeeze into. You're talking about Willis. I don't wear. I never wore a medium shirt in my life. Guns every, a blazing. Every right? shirt is a large. And and you're 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 showing off the you're showing off the guns. And you're on the phone. And it says underneath it, Gambode. Pump it up, Mitch. Not have interest in six one scoring guards right now. They there is no interest. Van Vliet's gonna get twenty five to he wants twenty five to thirty million dollars a year on a new deal. I loved Van Vliet three years ago, you know that. Um, he's a scoring guard. He's a scoring guard. A com- you know, that does not work with Chris Paul. You know, you can't have these six one guards who are scorers working with Chris Paul. Now, so um, there's no inch quickly is gonna cost your first round pick. Um and and he's he's like he's a good player, and, and Rozier is just again a six one scoring guard. The Suns are not interested in any of those players. I hate to do this because some of these guys that write these stories, I I like and respect, but the the Suns do not have interest in any of the three players that were mentioned there. Any but, of them. But here's what I don't understand: they have to have a Chris Paul plan. They have to. Yeah, it's not one of those guys. I, I mean, I mean, it's literally just ride Chris Paul until the wheels fall off. No, ride I Chris mean, Chris Paul I, until no. every part on the car. Because I mean, at some point, I mean, you said yesterday we were talking about this, and you had said maybe the biggest question for you for the Phoenix Suns long term is Chris Paul. Do you get off that contract next year yes. into fifteen million dollars? Right. Well, if that's what you're gonna do, what do I care if Fred VanVleet doesn't match up with Chris? Chris isn't gonna be here. What do I care? if Emmanuel quickly doesn't match up with Chris. Chris isn't going to be here. I mean, if that's... I, I mean, and I get, we don't know if that's what's going to happen, but don't you at some point have to start planting yeah. some seeds for when Chris Paul's not going to be your point guard? Yeah, and I'm sure that they have, but it's not any of those guys. Wow. Like, I'm sure that they have plans. I'm sure that there are guys that they're looking at right now that they feel could be that could come in and be the point guard when Chris is gone. Now, we don't know if Chris is going to be back next year or not. He's got a $30 million contract that's only half guaranteed. So to get rid of him, you're paying fifteen million dollars to keep him. You you pay thirty. We don't know if Chris is going to be back next year or not. You've said it like there's twenty seven games to evaluate that. So maybe they don't know. I am sure that there are plans to replace Chris for next year and maybe even for the year after that. But I'm just telling you, those plans are not Fred Van Vliet, Terry Rozier, or Emmanuel Quickly. No, none of those guys are, those are not options for the Phoenix Suns. So, um, you know, there's a, those are smaller players. Quickly is a 6-2, I think, but, you know, Van Vliet's 6-1, Rozier's 6-1. They're scoring guards, which, um, you know, I, I, do you want a scoring guard with Booker? Do you want a guy who's a score? Terry Rozier's a scorer. Van Vliet's a scorer. Do you want those guys? I, I could use like another them. scorer out there with Devin Booker. I think we saw that pretty exclusively last year during the postseason. Wouldn't you agree? That they yeah. were a little shy on scores out there last year when Devin Booker was asked to do it all and Chris Paul was basically out of gas towards the end. Of the, I think they could have used another scorer out yeah, there. Yeah, Chris is a pass-first guy. I gets know. a lot of guys involved. Um, you become very 
ball, you know, guard dominated. If your two guards are scorers, but that's kind of been the that, that affects that affects, the the, that affects Mikhail and Da and Cam and everybody but else because your guard dominated. That's been the equation around. I mean, that's here. why won them a lot of basketball games like that the last couple of well, years. That's with why Chris Paul and Devin Booker scoring a bunch. Well, Chris, but Chris Paul was always a facilitator. He first. was a facilitator, but you could always, always a facilitator. But in the fourth quarter of close games, sure. when I needed Chris to be a mm-hmm. scorer, Chris Paul was he a scorer and he could do it. And yeah. that's that's been a many. Many other things that's been lacking this year. Look, I'm not, not going to sit here and say I'm all, you know, caught up on Emmanuel quickly or even Fred Van Vliet, who I like very much. But at some point, and I, and I feel like, again, this is, I don't want to speak for Suns fans because I wouldn't presume to speak for Suns fans. At some point, they have to do something, right? Yes. Like, I, like it's not like I, I'm, it feels like this is probably a poor metaphor, but it feels like James Jones has a menu. Eh, that doesn't sound good. Eh, no, that doesn't sound good. Eh, I don't really want that. I don't really, you know, and you're sitting across the table like, would you just pick something? Pick something. Pick something for dinner, please. We got to have something for dinner. We, 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 we're not going to sit here at the restaurant for three hours while you peruse the menu and go, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I was in the mood for that last night, but I'm not in the mood for that now. And look, James Jones is an extraordinary general manager. He's done an extraordinary job. But at some point, whether it's this trade deadline in two weeks or this offseason, he's got to do something. And he cause, will. Because just will. writing it out with what, he've got, what he's got and saying, let's just roll back with Chris and let's just roll back with this and roll it back. At some point, you're going to have to alter that plan. Yeah, and I expect and are, I think, yeah. frustrated that they have yet to really see that from Chris. Or from, from James, from, I should right. say. They have yet to really see that, okay, what, what exactly are you going to do about it? They didn't really do anything in the offseason about it. $86 million in injured players back. $86 million sitting on the bench going to come back. That's what they're going to get. Are they going to stay back? Can he guarantee oh, they're going to stay back? Can't, nobody can guarantee that. Not. But they're expecting to get $86 yeah, million they're, back. They're, they're expecting it, but mm-hmm. nobody knows whether they're going to stay back. And if they don't, I mean, we're going to have the we're going to have the insurance conversation again from last year's trade deadline where, okay, well, I don't need anybody now. Well, great. Let's foresee the emergency two months yeah. from now. You know, I, that's the whole reason I wanted them to get somebody at the trade deadline a year listen, ago. Listen, I think they'll trade, they're going to trade Jay Crowder. I'm not worried about that. They're going to trade Jay Crowder. Um, and I, I, I would absolutely believe that there are plans put in place for what they expect to do, whether they bring Chris back next year or they don't bring Chris back next year. But I could just tell you that the guys that are being mentioned here, those three players, quickly, Rozier and Van Vliet, are not on the Suns' radar right now. Yeah, those no, are not players that they're thinking. But I, I'm sure that there is. But I just don't know who it is. Oh, I wish yeah, I could tell and, you. And then, and the guy fun. that they're going to get is this guy, but I don't know that. I can just tell you that those three guys are not guys that they're and, going to and get. And that's fine. Make, make sure you understand this. I'm not frustrated with you when you're reporting on this. I'm frustrated with just kind of the general nature of inactivity out of the Phoenix Suns because it feels like it's been very inactive dating back to even last year's deadline where it just doesn't feel like they've done much of anything at all and that gets frustrating after a while. It, it becomes hard because you say that but what did they do? They signed Devin Booker to a Supermax extension. They matched an offer sheet for a max contract for DeAndre Ayton. They did a new deal with Mikael Bridges 
you know, that pays him, you know, 20 something million dollars a year. Yeah, but you, they brought in Damian Lee, Josh Okoji, and Jock Landale. All, like all of which were moves you didn't like at the time when they did them. Oh, I didn't like the three moves. I, I mean, but those, I, but the, well, Koji's been I, I, and really good lately. And those weren't significant at the time. Those no. weren't thought to be significant moves. They haven't done anything significant to change the equation in a year, in more than a year. And, and it, it not, just, not for a lack of trying, because remember, they did, they were all in on trying to get Kevin Durant. Feels like it's just past due for something to happen. I Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. This weekend won't be the first time the two quarterbacks meet in the NFC Championship. You thought I was going to say AFC, but I didn't. They have faced each other, and it was epic. And we'll tell you about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. A little late on this one. That's my bad. I drove us into a ditch. Eric, you have the wheel. What's our Twitter poll question of the day today? I'll use the rope to get us out of this ditch. I need you guys to rank the five head coaching open openings around the NFL based on desirability if you are a head coach. Oh, boy. Rank them? Rank the five. Yeah. So we're talking about Cardinals, Colts, Panthers, Broncos, Texans. Correct. I got the Broncos one. Because I just think it's an organization very committed to winning. Um, I think the Texans, two, two first-round picks, a second, two third-round picks. Pretty good situation right there. Um, and I don't know if it's like... I think those are the top two. And then, I don't know, Arizona, Carolina, Indiana. I think the Cardinals are better than the Colts. I think they're probably better than Carolina. See, I have Carolina I get, I pretty high. Do, I have, do, yeah. I have Carolina pretty I have Carolina second behind Denver. The big, And I've got the Colts last. So the big question for me is who's three, who's four? Colts are the Panthers are the only team that are in the negative out of all the teams cap-wise. Everybody else has cap space except Carolina. Yeah. But they also have, I mean, they have an, uh, an owner who's not, you know, we talk yes. about the difference between cap space and real money. They've got yeah. an owner who's not afraid to spend real money That's and who a good will point. do it. That's a good point. Uh, I've got Denver 1, Carolina 2. I'll go ahead and say Houston 3, Arizona 4, Colts 5. So, Gambo, is Cardinals falling at 3 or 4 for you? I'll give him 3. 3, okay. So, uh, you have I Cardinals think it's a good at 3. Job. Burnsy Cardinals at four. The question that we had out there was, where does Arizona rank among those five? And leading the way, we grouped together top two. 55% think the Arizona Cardinals have a top two most valuable or desirable job in the NFL. And so we put a second poll out there for the people who voted top two. 64% think they're at two. 35% think they're one. But a majority of people think the Cardinals have a top two most desirable head coaching opening. I imagine that has a lot to do with the quarterback. And if you're looking at that list, it's, you know, it's a beauty's in the eye of the beholder when it comes to a list like that. Some people will look at a list and say not having a quarterback is better because you aren't tied to somebody you don't like or you have questions about. And both Denver and Arizona might be tied to somebody they have questions about or they're not sure. All right, thank you. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find that on Twitter. We talk about the AFC and NFC Championship games and, of course, in terms of rematches, we're going to focus on another round of Mahomes versus Burrow. There is another rematch this weekend, even That's though a big Philadelphia one. and San Francisco have not played mm. this year. They're new to each other this season. Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts, once upon a time, not that long ago, played an epic college football game between the two of them. This is great. This is ab- This was absolutely fantastic. It was... Um, 
you know, you go back to, uh, you know, I think it was 2019. Oklahoma had long dominated Iowa State. Um, in, in 2017, Iowa State went to Norman. They upset the Sooners, snapped an 18-game losing streak to Oklahoma. Uh, that's, that they dated back to 1990. A year later, Oklahoma, uh, Iowa State gave Oklahoma another battle but ended up losing. Purdy was the number three quarterback on the depth chart at that time, Brock Purdy. A few weeks later, though, he ended up getting some action as a freshman, and he led Iowa State to a wild 48-42 win over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma. But then, you know, you go back, and there was an incredible battle between Purdy... And uh, Hurts in that uh, in in 2019, where they played each other, and it was just an epic game. And you know, Oklahoma was up 42-21 entering the fourth quarter, and then they came all the way back, and it was it was just a hell of a game. And so they played each other. Oklahoma ended up winning the game very very late. Purdy brought him back, and it was 42-41. And they just Iowa State decided to go for two to try to win the game, but a pass was incomplete. So the Purdy was a two point. Conversion pass away from beating Hertz in that game. Yeah, I wish I could say I remember this game. I don't, but when it's 42 21 going into the fourth quarter, you just sort of assume the worst. It was, you know, Oklahoma up 35 14 at half, 42 21 going into the fourth. And then Purdy leads this epic, absolutely epic comeback. And, and Dan Campbell kind of had a decision to make when they made it 42 41. Right. the extra point, go to overtime or go for the win on the road. And they were in Norman and they decided to go for the win. The Iowa State offense stayed on the field. Uh, I don't remember the play. I'd like to go back and see it on YouTube. Uh, apparently the pass on the two-point conversion hit the receiver in the hands as Purdy tried to fit it through a tight window. But a couple of OU defenders were in position and ripped the ball yeah. away from him in that spot. Listen and- to these numbers for Purdy in this game. Okay, He was 19-30 for 282 yards and five touchdowns. And then he rushed for 55 yards and a score. So that was Brock Purdy in that game against Hertz. Hertz was 18 of 26 for 273 yards and three touchdowns, but also had two rushing touchdowns. So five touchdowns from Hertz and six touchdowns from Purdy in that football game. How crazy is that? Yeah, Oklahoma would go on to win the Big 12 title. They would get a, a berth in the college football playoffs. Oklahoma was obliterated by Joe Burrow and LSU, 63-28. I mean, so now you're starting to get a lot of connections back with that 2019 Yeah, because they may end up playing. The, you, you could, yeah, have, you could have a rematch between Hurts and Bur- So you've got a Hurts-Purdy rematch right now from an epic game in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then if Hurts wins and Burrow wins, you could have a rematch of that national championship game that LSU won by like 40 points. It does. It brings up an interesting idea here. And I hadn't, I've thought about this a little bit and I'm not quite sure what to say about it yet. Brock Purdy is a local guy. He plays for a division rival of the Cardinals. Does that make him tough to root for as a local guy? It's a fair question. It's kind of the Cody Bellinger debate, right? Like, he's local guy through and through, but he plays for the Dodgers. He was hard to root for with the Dodgers. And look, I I not I don't know the family, but I know people who know the family, right? So my degrees of separation from the Bellingers aren't, aren't that far off. I didn't find myself rooting for Bellinger. Chandler High all. Guy? Bellinger? Chandler Bellinger High? Bellinger was uh, Hamilton. Yes, oh, he was Hamilton. 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 Yeah. Oh, Hamilton guy. 
Yeah, we hate Hamilton. And, and Purdy, Purdy went to Perry, which is literally you throw a rock from my kid's high school at Campo Verde and you could hit Perry. I mean, it's just like right down the street. Were they rivals? Uh, no, because they were in, I believe, different class okay. levels, different okay. divisions, things like that. I think technically I can root for Purdy. Even, I, I, he plays for I the can Niners. root for Purdy. Can you root for him? Because really, really, I don't really like the Eagles. Okay, I don't really like. I don't. I'll root for the 49ers if, over the Eagles. If you're, if I think the Eagles are going to win to any of these four teams. Brock Purdy should be the one you root for if you're a Phoenix sports fan because he's a local guy through and through. He should be the one you root for. He's Mr. Irrelevant. He went to a, a Perry High School in Gilbert, but it's hard because it's hard to root for those. Colors. It's hard to root for that helmet. It's hard to root for that team. Doesn't inspire the hatred. Say that it's Seattle not an LA does, team. It's but not an LA yeah, team. you know, it's not like the Dodgers. It's not like, but it's still a team that I don't like very much. I, I've never really, but and so I find it hard to want to root for Brock Purdy. I, I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I mean, that's my guy, Brandon Ayuk, ASU guy. Uh, you know what? That's another layer of it that makes it tough too. Really good ASU player. Yeah. I'm not trying to give people a reason to root for San Francisco, but there's a couple of reasons to root for San Francisco if you want local guys. Purdy, by the way, two more years he spent as the starting quarterback at Iowa State. He left Ames. He was the program's all-time leader in attempts, completions, completion percentage, yards, and touchdowns. And he was the last pick in the draft. Four-time Super Bowl champion and NFL legend Rob Gronkowski is bringing his Gronk Beach to Talking Stick Resort on February 11th. Gronk will bring his infamous end zone dance moves along with hip-hop star 21 Savage, Lil Jon, and much more. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets and complete event details. An AFC team reunited with one of their former coaches today. Could that coach want to reunite with one of his players who happens to reside on the Cardinals. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. In perhaps the most unsurprising story of the day, the New England Patriots have hired Bill O'Brien to be their new offensive coordinator. Duh. Yeah. Right? I mean, they were going to hire somebody. Matt Patricia, pencil and all, wasn't going to cut it for another year for New England. They needed to go out and find an offensive guy. I think the, the nail was probably in the coffin when Vance Joseph said what he said back before the Cardinals were getting ready to play take on the Patriots. Remember, it was the, um, yeah, they kind of run an offense like it's being coached by a defense. Guy. It's, yeah. Ouch, babe. All right. Make it hurt, Vance. That hurts. Rip off the band aid, why don't you? So they went out and hired an offensive guy, and they get Bill O'Brien, who used to be a coach on the Patriots staff, and of course went with uh, Alabama's offensive coordinator. Well, obviously, if you're a Cardinals fan listening right now, you know there's a connection between Bill O'Brien and the player the Cardinals might be looking to offload this offseason, and that is one DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, Hopkins spent six years with O'Brien when he was with the Houston Texans. So these rumors that are coming up about the Patriots make a lot of sense. But, you know, you also look at Bill O'Brien, and, and, and you know, Mac Jones is really excited about them hiring O'Brien because he worked with him at Alabama. So, you know, third-year quarterback is reunited with him that could be a big help and then you know Hopkins and O'Brien the connection there you know absolutely it makes a lot of sense that the Patriots you know would go after a guy like that remember once upon a time the Patriots made a play for Randy Moss and he was great I mean it was a great wide receiver and then Belichick got him and it was a great connection between Brady and Moss and so you know I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots did that 
I think they can use a look. There's a lot of teams in this league that could use a DeAndre Hopkins, but it does make sense that O'Brien, the success that Hopkins had there, the six years that they were together, that these reports may surface that they could get reunited potentially. Now, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I hadn't thought much about this until just now when we started playing the music and we came back from break, and I thought, well, now wait a minute, isn't part of the reason why DeAndre Hopkins didn't stay with the Texans was because he didn't get along with Bill O'Brien yeah, very well. No relationship. Yeah, and, and that's and, and I apologize if you said that and I didn't hear you say that, but Hopkins noted in 2020 that there's no relationship there. He also said there was no ill will between them as well. Because people asked him in the, the Arizona media, um, you know, Hopkins said uh, of course I saw it. It was all over the internet. A lot of memes and stuff with me in it and my name. But I wish bad on no one. Hopefully he could have success somewhere else. So, like, they didn't have a great relationship, but he didn't have any ill will towards them. So maybe something can happen here. I mean, Hopkins, obviously, $19.4 million base salary. We've talked about that quite a bit. But it would change the dynamics of the Patriots' offense if they were able to get DeAndre Hopkins for Mac Jones. Oh, no doubt about it. And and I, look, there's something that supersedes whatever. If there's ill will or there's not ill will between Hopkins and Bill O'Brien, there's something that supersedes that, and that's, that's Bill Belichick. And I don't have to remind anybody who watched Hard Knocks of the absolute love fest that was going on between Bill Belichick and DeAndre Hopkins during that game. As much as Bill can openly express his feelings about another player like that in the moment, because we see Bill and he's usually pretty stone-faced with the media. Bill, that game uh, against the Cardinals, he was just open in his admiration and affection for DeAndre Hopkins. Man, I think you're great. You're you're one of the best I've ever coached again. It's been an honor to, to coach against you, blah, blah, blah. It seems to me that if Belichick is looking to spark his offense. One, hiring an offensive coordinator is a good start. Two, to your point, making a Randy Moss-like move here is a really good play to give his young quarterback, who's on the verge of maybe being good, that real weapon. Because, I mean, think about Mac Jones' development before they stunted it last really year. Good. was on a really, really nice good. trajectory. Yeah. And then they stunted it with Matt Patricia, and they kind of screwed it up. If they can get Mac Jones back on that trajectory, and they can use a guy like Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins to get him back on the path, it's not that hard to think that they could have the Patriots back on the path with the right yeah. kind of additions. I, I think what a player like this becomes available, you're going to see so many teams. I mean, you're reading something right now. Cowboys rumor of DeAndre Hopkins trade. Smart for Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb. You know, is it time to make a concerted effort for another star receiver like Hopkins? So, you know, I mean, how much could they have used DeAndre Hopkins in that loss to the 49ers when only got to throw the ball to a C.D. Lamb? So, look, I expect that there will be a lot of teams and a lot of stuff written about whether a team should go after DeAndre Hopkins because he is still... This is a great time to trade him if you're Arizona because there's tremendous value there at his age and him st- and with a high price tag he's still a dominant dominant player in this league. There was a story this morning on ESPN.com uh, a bunch of NFL executives were asked to predict some of the landing spots and some of the futures for some of the more talked about players in the NFL and they talked about Brady and they talked about Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers and I'll get to those in a minute. I was wondering if they would include D-Hop and they did. Um, and their predictions for DeAndre Hopkins, these executives, were either the Patriots or the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, I don't know. 
Uh, the Ravens, I don't know if they... I, I get wanting to pair Lamar Jackson with a wide receiver. But that's why Hollywood Brown left. Yeah, that's why Hollywood Because he doesn't Hollywood throw Brown the left. ball down the field very that's much. That's exactly... That offense is not... If Lamar Jackson is the shot caller, that offense is not really predicated on having a great wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. That's not kind of how they function. So that, to me, doesn't make any sense. You mentioned the Browns earlier, and I think that makes a ton of sense for uniting him with Deshaun, with Deshaun Watson. Watson. Ton of yep. sense. Ton of sense. Yeah, no, I've seen all of that, you know, Ravens floated as a potential landing spot, and the Patriots, and the Cowboys, and so what does that tell you? That tells you, you know, would the Browns be interested, you know, like we've talked about, it, there's going to be interest in DeAndre Hopkins, a player like that that becomes available, if he's available, we expect that he will be, but we right. don't know for sure, he's got to have a meeting with the GM, Monty Austin, for it to figure that out, but it would make sense that he would be available, and if the price tag is not a first-round pick, if it's a second-round pick... It becomes very easy for a team to say, I'll take DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick. Sure. Because you don't feel like you're giving up that much to go get one of the great receivers in the game. When we come back into the 3 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show, we have a question for you Cardinal fans out there. Do you still want Sean Payton to be your head coach? Would you be upset if he decided to go back to TV? An interesting development that we're going to share with you next on the Burns and Gambo Show.